Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Rock Your Bod Pod podcast. For those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who have maybe checked out a couple episodes, maybe you've been a longtime listener, whatever you are, thank you for being here. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm the host. I'm Hayden Mitzloff. I'm currently in my last semester of a clinical mental health counseling graduate school program. And yes, you heard that correctly. My last semester. I can finally say that. Thank goodness. Didn't know if we'd get here or not, but we're here. Um, I'm also working as a clinical intern at a site here in Nashville. I am a psychotherapist in training, so super passionate about all things mental health and super excited that we have this platform to talk about those really important issues surrounding mental health. Um, but just like to remind you guys that this is by no means therapy. This is not a replacement for therapy. Um, I hope that all this information prompts you to go seek out your own therapy or maybe do some introspection of your own, but just got to let you know, I'm not an expert. This is not therapy. And this is the first episode I've done solo in a while. I feel like I've gotten so comfortable with doing episodes with guests and having those awesome conversations that I've kind of forgotten what it feels like to do this by myself. So this is weird. Uh, but I posted on my Instagram story on the Rocky Bod Pod Instagram page the other day, just asking about what content you guys have enjoyed, what content you guys want to see more of. And some people submitted some good questions that I thought I would touch on in this episode. And I kind of lobbed some of these questions together, but basically the overarching theme is how to deal with body image and weight gain or body changes in college or an eating disorder recovery um, or any phase of life for that matter, because gaining weight in any stage of life is hard. So I thought this would be good to address. Um, and yeah, so we're just going to talk about what being okay looks like for you in regards to weight gain. And I think before we really decide what being okay looks like for you, we have to acknowledge that being okay looks different for everybody at different times of life. Being okay is really subjective. Like your definition of okay is going to be different than the person next to you. So what does being okay look like for you? Is this not restricting, not feeling guilty after consuming certain foods, feeling good in a bathing suit, not thinking about your body, acknowledging and accepting that you've gained weight, but knowing your worth does not change with the number on the scale. Like, what do you want okay to look like for you? And for me, okay has definitely changed throughout various periods of my life. Okay and my eating disorder recovery beginning stages looks very different than being okay right now. And for those of you who are, you know me well, you see me frequently, maybe you follow me on Instagram. When I say that I've kind of yo-yoed in my weight in the past few years, you probably roll your eyes because I'm sure you don't notice it. But for me, I've kind of gone up and down in the past couple of years with my weight, um, unintentionally for the most part, just you eat different things through different phases of your life. Your routine looks different. So there's going to be some weight changes in that. And in that, I've kind of figured out how to feel okay with that. And that doesn't mean that it's easy by any means, but I'm going to share some things that I found helpful for me and some things that may be helpful to think about for you in deciding what you want okay to look like is thinking about body neutrality versus body positivity. So both of these concepts are very different things. And I feel like in today's day and age with social media, we probably hear both of those phrases, body neutrality and body positivity frequently. I feel like we see it all over Instagram with influencers, 
um, intuitive eating coaches, therapists, whatever. These concepts are well discussed online. Um, so, which is great, but in that, I feel like the lines can be kind of blurred and what each one really means because they are different. And I didn't really understand what they meant until this past year when I was in my own therapy session and my therapist asked me to define the two or asked me what I thought the difference was between the two. And I was kind of dumbfounded. Like I had no idea. I tried to come up with some eloquent response, but I really had no idea. So what do these actually mean and how are these concepts helpful to think about and deciphering maybe what feels best for you? So first let's dive into body positivity. And this concept emerged in the 1960s, which is kind of surprising. It's been around for a while, which is awesome. Um, it emerged when an engineer was angry about how the world really treated fat people and fat phobia. Um, so this engineer established the National Association to Aid Fat Americans. Um, and this association is still around. It's known as the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance now. But yeah, that's really when this idea of body positivity kind of emerged. Um, and this association that that engineer created aimed to end fat shaming and discrimination against individuals who were deemed as overweight or did not fit societal standards of skinny or normal weight. So that emerged. And then in 1996, after entering eating disorder treatment, a therapist coined the term body positive after finding the website bodypositive.org. Um, not sure how this therapist, therapist stumbled upon that website, but they stumbled upon this site. Um, and this site offered resources and material dedicated to helping people accept who they are and love their body shape. Keyword being love their body shape. And in this, ultimately, the biggest thing about body positivity is feeling positive about your body. So, for example, someone practicing or embracing body positivity would look at their thighs and say, I love my thighs, cellulite and all. Or they would look in the mirror and look at their stomach and say, I love my stomach, stomach rolls and all. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, this this is a great concept. This is a great idea. But this movement has also received lots of criticism. So some people argue that it perpetuates fat acceptance to an unhealthy extent, maybe promoting some unhealthy behaviors just health-wise, like not taking into account the effect that eating certain foods or consuming certain amounts of foods can have on your organs, your heart, all that stuff. Um, so some people might say that it encourages people to be overweight. And some people also argue that it kind of encourages and promotes unattainable standards. Like, will we ever love every aspect of our body all the time? I don't know. So this has been some of the criticism. Um, again, these are other people's words and my interpretations of other people's words, but these are some arguments. So as this criticism has kind of evolved, um, body neutrality was coined in response to this movement. So body neutrality is a concept that was introduced in 2015 as bloggers, celebrities, intuitive eating coaches, people like that helped promote the movement and steer away from the link between physical appearance and self-worth because in body positivity, there is that association between your self-worth and your appearance. Like I love my body, so I love myself and I love myself, so I love my body. But body neutrality really works to disassociate the two. Um, and this disassociation is pretty defining when it comes to body neutrality. So in this, we aim to take a neutral perspective towards our bodies, meaning that we don't have to cultivate a love for our body to love ourselves. 
We don't have to love our bodies, but we can love all that our bodies do. So someone practicing body neutrality might say, I love that my legs help me run, but I don't love the appearance of my legs. So to sum it up, body positivity promotes strong self-esteem that can be tied into appearance and encourages others to love their body and encourages others to care for their body. And body neutrality emphasizes what your body can do, not what it looks like. And in this, mindfulness is encouraged and we focus on the body as a vessel rather than what it looks like. And both of these are great. Pick your poison. Both are wonderful in their own way. It ultimately just depends on what your goal is. Like, do you want to love your body for how it looks and what it can do? Or do you want to love your body for what it can do, whether or not you love how it looks? And you may experience or embrace one in one phase of life and embrace the other in a different phase of life. But for me personally, right now, I am very much resting in this body neutrality phase. Like I said, over the last few years, my weight has undoubtedly gone up and down. And in this, there are days when I look in the mirror and I don't love my thighs and I don't love my stomach or I wish something about my arms were different. Like whatever it may be, there's likely always going to be something I don't love about my body. But in that, I can still love the human inside that body. I can say I love myself. And and I don't mean this in a bragging way. I feel like we've been conditioned to think that saying that you love yourself is a bad thing, but that's okay. You can love yourself. And maybe sometimes I don't love myself, but I like myself. I like who I am. I like my job. I like my friends. I like my boyfriend. I like my family. And I think all of that is a reflection of who I am. So therefore I like myself and maybe even I love myself sometimes. And I can do that without needing to love the way I look. Sure. It makes things a hell of a lot easier to love your body too, but I don't need that in order to love myself. These are two completely separate entities for me. And body neutrality really helps me rest in that and maybe understand that a little bit more. And all this being said, I've come a long way in that. Like when I first started to gain weight and recovery as I began the refeeding process, I never thought I could love myself if I wasn't a size zero or if I didn't have washboard abs. But through lots of therapy and self-exploration, here we are. And that was six years ago. So it took a long fucking time. And I needed each one of those years to help me get to where I am now. Like this doesn't just happen overnight. So definitely be patient in yourself with that too. And I think some things that have been helpful for me in separating my worth from my body is viewing my body as just a body. Like I am Hayden. I am the soul inside my body, not my body. And for me, self-differentiation is huge and fostering self-love and respect. I also love doing inner critic work. So that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough, that voice in your head that always identifies your cellulite is always critiquing you in the mirror, telling you that you're too fat to wear a crop top or tight dress. That is your inner critic. That's not you. Like, would three-year-old you say those things? Would three-year-old you look in the mirror and critique yourself like you would now? No, at least I would hope not. That voice has developed over time. That voice has developed with the societal standards, what we see in the media, all that stuff. That voice has been conditioned to be a part of you, given your environment. It wasn't there to begin with. And that voice is your inner critic. And we don't need that. So identify that voice and approach that criticism with curiosity. Make that internal dialogue a conversation. 
And I know this may feel woo-woo or weird, but I promise it's helpful. It's one of my favorite things to do with clients and various aspects of life. Like it's particularly helpful in regards to body image, but it can be helpful helpful for anything. Um, and some activities that I like to do with clients is prompt them to name their critic. So come up with a really ugly, mean name that you don't like. Like, what does your inner critic look like? What does your inner critic sound like? What does your inner critic feel like? Really putting those humanistic characteristics on that inner critic so you can further separate yourself from it. And I had one client, I asked, like, if your inner critic were to be any cartoon character or any character from a movie, what would it be? And she said Edna Mode, and that was my favorite response ever. So every time I'm in the mirror critiquing my cellulite, I just think of little old Edna Edna Mode, and I'm like, girl, you got to get out of here. So that really helps me, and hopefully this will help you guys too, and really just separating yourself from that voice. And in this... Like think about an internal conversation that you have with that inner critic. So maybe you stand in front of the mirror and you think, gosh, I've gained weight. I hate my stomach. I shouldn't wear a bathing suit. In fact, I just shouldn't go to the beach at all. Like, forget it. Like kind of that, that moment with the Grinch and the Christmas movie, like, forget it. I'm not going like one of those moments you're having that. And your inner critic is that Grinch. When you find yourself in this moment, think here we are. This is a learning moment. And in this learning moment, step one is identify the inner critic. And step two is have a conversation with the critic. So maybe you respond to that with, hmm, that's interesting. You think I shouldn't go to the beach at all because of how I look. Sure, I've gained weight, but is that really a reason not to go to the beach? Your inner critic may fight back saying something like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to go to the beach. You look gross and disgusting. And maybe your response would be, You feel gross and disgusting. What does gross and disgusting mean? Are you really those things just because you look a certain way or you gained a couple pounds? And in this, really questioning that inner critic, the critic loses some of its validity in that argument. And in this, we learn to combat that voice. And sure, we may agree with some aspects of that argument. You may feel gross and disgusting. We may agree that we've gained weight or we don't like how we look. But we realize that that doesn't make us gross or disgusting as human beings. And that certainly means that, or that certainly does not mean that we shouldn't live our lives. Like this is not a good enough reason not to go to the beach or do whatever it is that you find yourself having an internal conflict surrounding. And yes, this is an ideal conversation. It takes a lot of practice for the conversation to go like this. But in order to get to this point, you have to at least be willing to have the conversation. And this being said, sometimes the inner critic will win those arguments. Sometimes my inner critic wins. But all it takes is fighting the battle. And eventually you'll find the little wins that can turn into bigger wins. And now not only can I identify that inner critic, I can fight back. So that's part of my answer to the question of how to deal with weight gain and body changes in college or recovery. Um, again, just to lob those together. But another aspect of my answer is thinking about all the cool things that we're experiencing right now and how those feelings of negative body image or those feelings of inadequacy because you've gained weight. Those are the most insignificant of all the things you're experiencing. And I say this knowing that these things can really feel all encompassing. Like for someone in the peak of an eating disorder, your entire life revolves around the perception of your body. But thinking about this on a broader scale, 
Like those feelings of inadequacy are so insignificant at the end of the day. Like your tombstone will not read she was a size double zero and weighed X amount. Like it does not matter. But yes, this may all, this may be all you can think about. Like this may influence how you experience other things in college or wherever, whatever phase of life you're in. Like maybe you don't want to go to formal because you hate the way you look in a dress. Maybe you don't want to go on spring break because you're fearful of being in a bathing suit. Maybe you don't want to go to the tailgate because you want to get a workout in. Whatever it may be, like perhaps your weight is impacting your ability to enjoy your experiences. And trust me, I've been there. I list these examples because these are things I've experienced firsthand. But I look back and I think I can't imagine, like I literally cannot imagine not doing those things because of how I felt about my appearance. I wouldn't trade those tailgates for anything. I wouldn't trade the formals for anything. I wouldn't trade those memories for anything, not even a number on the scale or washboard abs. And in this, I'm just really prompting you and encouraging you to be present. And this is a reminder that I need too. I know it's really freaking hard sometimes, but you'll get to a point in life like me when you're old and boring and you'd give your pinky toe to go back and experience a college game day or spring break. So please, please, please don't sacrifice those memories and experiences because of how you feel about your appearance. And just as your experience with negative body image or weight gain is the least significant of the things you're experiencing, this is also the least interesting thing about you. Like you are so much more than a body. I know with social media, we feel like our bodies can define us as that's all people see, but we are so much more than that. Like you're studying for hard ass exams. You're applying for cool jobs all around the country. You're having really interesting meetings at work. You're living independently for the first time in your life. Whatever it may be, these are really cool and exciting things. Like you are such a badass and gaining X amount of weight doesn't change that. Like when you all listen to this podcast, you don't see my body. You don't even see my face. You simply hear my voice and you continue to listen. So have that same positive regard for yourself. Like, and sure, I can talk about how my weight has yo-yoed within the past year, but that doesn't change who I am. Your weight gain does not define you. So definitely take peace in that. And I say this again, like most things, and this is 100% easier said than done, but saying it, hearing it and digesting it is a step in the right direction. So that's my long-winded answer to how to really be okay with weight gain, whether it's in college, it's an eating disorder recovery, any phase of life. This is how I work to be okay in weight gain. And sometimes I don't feel okay. I still have bad days, 100%, but I'm learning and, and I'm really trying to be okay. So Just thought I would share some of that insight with you all. Um, There's definitely more that we could do with this. There are definitely other avenues that we could have taken with this conversation. So please give me some feedback. I want to hear your thoughts, anything that you wanted to hear more of. Um, And I'm also thankful to those of you who submitted these questions and topics. It's really appreciated. I'm going to try and do more of these episodes intermittently throughout the other episodes with guests. Um, But until then, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned because we have some really, really cool conversations planned that I cannot wait to share with you all. And keep rocking those bodies, babes. I'm sending you guys all my love always. Have a good one. Bye.